Well, let's recognise who's here first. We've got 30 guys left. Ian Pearce from Redcliffe, mm-hmm. John Grant from Souths, Glenn Harrison from Norths, Jerry Fitzpatrick from Valleys, Mick Richless from Valleys, Peter Lease from Redcliffe, Barry Dowling from Brothers, uh, Graham Atherton from Souths, Jeff Richardson from Wests, Johnny Brown from Norths, Ross Trelfo, Ross Strudwick and Marty Scanlon from Valleys, Gary Seaton from Wynnum or Norths, Ian Tiny from Redcliffe, Steve Calder, Daryl Broman and Peter Hall from Norths, Jeff Fife, Des Morris, Jeff Connell and John Lang from Easts, Reg Cannon, Bob Cock and David Wright from Brothers, Henry Williamson and Richie Twist from Wests, Rod Halley and Forrester Grayson from Redcliffe and Greg Vivas from Souths. So what about we start at the other end, Dave, rather than trying to cull people and end up with 10 who are left? Let's start putting guys in who we are pretty sure we know should be there. Stand up and cheer for Knott's G'day everybody, it's Chris here. Welcome to BRL Moments in Time, uh, episode number 22. So season one, episode 22, we're going to finish off our Hall of Fame discussion. Sorry we had to break into the last one. It was starting to get a bit long and it was taking me a while to edit. I thought once we'd got to that hour mark, I could uh, have a good place to stop and get it out to you so that you could get the first half of that conversation. And we've got the rest of that conversation heading up right now. So sit back and enjoy. And uh, if you want to let us know who you think should be in uh, the Hall of Fame, by all means, get in touch with us. This is not ours. As I say on the podcast, my personal Hall of Fame is not the same as the one that we've come up with here for BRL Moments in Time. We have really tried hard to stick with the criteria of making it about newspapers because when we go back to the next season, 1908, we're not going to have any personal experience of how those guys played. So we really need to try to stick with the newspaper reports and it's pretty much going to be a Hall of Fame according to the media reporters of the various decades. Anyway, sit back and I hope that you really enjoy this final episode, the culmination of our first season of BRL Moments in Time. Let's start putting guys in who we are pretty sure we know should be there. Yeah, no, it makes sense to have a crack at it that way. And going that way, there are probably four that I would put straight away um, into that uh, top ten. Des Morris, Greg Beavers, John Lang and Marty Scanlon. Um, all four are legends of the BRL, not just their club teams. Um, I don't know if we have to expand on any of these guys, but Beavers had a career that spanned the entire decade. He was a club captain, a state captain, and a national captain. He was selected for Australia seven times and played 16 times for Queensland. And apart from injury, he probably could have played even longer. Lang also played most of this decade. He played 19 times for Queensland, nine times for Australia, was a club legend playing in five grand finals, winning three of them. Des Morris played longer than this decade, but um, he was a captain and then captain coach of that east side that so dominated the 70s. And Marty Scanlon retired midway through this decade, but he played prior to 68. But it's his time in the 70s when, after being part of the grand final teams in 69, 70 and 71, that he captained Valleys to successive premierships after the disappointment of that one-point loss in 1972. And he helped the diehards to four premierships from six grand finals at the beginning of this decade that we're exploring. 
Yeah, I totally agree with all four of those guys. Mm -hmm. And I'll actually add two more to that list, Ross Strudwick and John Grant. Mm -hmm. So Strudwick's not going to be selected for his 87... Oh, sorry, 78 to 87 play when we do that decade. But when you look at his overall contribution to the league, I think he's a must. Um, his positive match report average is more than 10, way more than 10. Mm -hmm. And he had an extensive career. He played numerous times for Brisbane and Queensland and he was selected to play for Australia. And really, we've gone through that 74 and 75 seasons. He probably should have been selected more often than he was. Mm. And John Grant also played for Queensland six times. He played for Australia three times. But his value was as a teammate. He was a club captain. He took on the captain-coach role when his team was in trouble without a coach. He continued playing at a higher level when younger players moved into the team, into his favoured centre position. And like Jerry Fitzpatrick and Alan Curry, he moved into lock forward and bringing a different skill set to that role. I think the other thing worth noting is that all six of these guys that we're talking about now have an average of way more than 10 positive match reviews for every season that they played. And that takes into account injury-riddled seasons, rep duties uh, that take them away from club footy and any other abnormalities when they can't positive match reviews. These guys aren't arbitrary names. They come from the top echelon in the match review totals that we're looking at. Yeah, with you on that 100%, Chris. Uh, so now we have six players in the Hall of Fame and 24 players on the waiting list. How do we put those 24 into just four? The eye test? Uh, can't be the eye <laughs> test, Dave. It's not about what we want or what we think. If it was, Jerry Fitzpatrick, Peter Lease, Richie Twist and Johnny Brown would be the next four players and we'd be finished. <laughs> this is going to sound weird uh, from a guy with the highest positive match reports is not Des Morris, nor is it John Lang. Mm. They both of them have a score of more than 11 per season. The guy with the highest average score is Jeff Connell with 14. And then just behind him, the next highest is Ross Trofo with an average of 12 and a bit positive match reviews for each of the five seasons that he played during that decade. So two things to note here. If we add Connell's third year in 1967, his average drops to below 11, which is worth considering as we move forward. But without examining Trofo's earlier career, I just don't think I can put him in yet. Mm. We already have Strudwick in and we've already cut Greg Oliphant and Johnny Brown is also right on the edge of having the arbitrary eight-game average that we set, so I don't think he's going to make it either. Mm. And he was Trolfo's main rival. Not only that, but he made the cut in those rep sides ahead of Trolfo. I just can't put both of those guys in at this point, so I think that both Brown and Trolfo will get the chance in the 56 to 67, uh, 58 to 67 podcast season because I can't find room for them now. Mm -hmm. Um Jeff Connell's now in line for either drop off the list or to hang around a little longer. What do we think about Connell? Well, I think he was one of the better players of his time in the BRL, but from reading match reports, he was a player who did his job, but that was about all. I think he did his job pretty well, though, and we're still holding on to Jeff Richardson, and he only played three years. Yeah, he did only play three seasons, and like Connell, his standard of play was outstanding, and he represented Australia. But the difference with Richardson is that he took a team that won the Wooden Spoon and then took them to two premierships. Um, he made that impression that Connell failed to make, I reckon. Yeah, but it wasn't just Richardson, though. Those West Sides had plenty of good players and had gained a new coach. Yeah, a lot of those good players were playing for them when they couldn't get it done in 72, and even more of those same players were playing with them when they won the Wooden Spoon, including Richardson. Um, of course, but once he found his feet, it was his outstanding play that really took West to those heights in 75 and 76. 
Uh, in 75, he was one of the highest scoring Wests players with positive match reviews, just behind Greg McCarthy and Gary Thomas. He had outscored everyone bar Henry Williamson in the Player of the Year awards, and there were plenty of times that Henry Williamson wouldn't have been in the space he was in if it wasn't for Jeff Richardson's handiwork. He was one of the primary reasons why West's attack was as potent as it was, and I'd suggest that without him, Wests don't win the 1975 Grand Final. Dave, sounds like you've got an agenda. Are you a Closet Panthers fan? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's got nothing to do with being a West fan. It's all about what he contributed. Um, and if we look at 76 as well, uh, he missed six weeks with a broken cheekbone, and when he returned for the next 10 weeks, he was man of the match for Wests. Again, in the 76 Grand Final, after being runner-up to Daryl Broman and John Lang for Player of the Year awards, he was instrumental to West's win. And when he wasn't there in 77, West's faltered at that pointy end of the season. So I'm not saying they would have won with him, but I think they'd have had a better shot. You can go back and read those match reports. And uh, Jeff Richardson was akin to a god in those three years, <laughs> especially in 76 when he returned from injury. Yeah, you're right. He definitely was. So a question, does Jeff Connell deserve the same loyalty after a three-year season? He has the highest average match report rating over the decade. No, he doesn't have the highest average match report total. That was actually Ian Tiny and Ross Trelfo. When we average in his 1967 match reviews, his total comes down. Richardson had that long injury break in 76 and missed his chance to accumulate points then too. Okay, okay. Richardson stays. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm convinced that Connell needs to be the guy to go. Do we keep him around? <laughs> you can have that conversation with yourself, Chris. I've already got an opinion. Okay. <laughs> well, we know um, that he was good while he was there. And uh, we know he was good in 67 as well. And with his 67 scores added in, he's below Ross Trelfo and Ian Tiny for that matter. Mm. So Richardson's just behind that. So Connell's no longer out in rarefied territory that I had him in. That's probably why my brain's always going back to him mm-hmm. staying around. I'm going to let hang him. Ra- I'm going to let him hang around for the moment. But we can move forward with the feeling that he fits with everyone else, and he's not necessarily out there on his own as being the best of the best. I guess the other thing to consider too is that that average score that's in my head is over two seasons. And if we take two seasons out of Des Morris's career, 69 and 70, um, he would have averaged more than 14. His 74 and 75 seasons would have seen been the same, as would his 75 and 76 seasons. Jeff Fife can do the same if we pick two seasons for him, and Ross Trofo can average more than 14 if we choose 69 and 70, or 71 and 72. In fact, as I look through the entire list, I can name a multitude of players who can score an average of around 14 if we look at two seasons. Mm. Mick Cowell, John Grant at Souths, Steve Calder and Glenn Harrison at Norths, Len Brunner at Wynnum and Ian Tiny at Redcliffe can all manage that feat. This is why length of career is important, but if they can manage that kind of form across a number of seasons with injuries intervening and drops in form that are inevitable, they really do deserve a place in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and all I know is that Connell's two or even three years and Jeff Richardson's three years are not the same thing and they shouldn't be matched up as a pair, I reckon. Okay, so let's look at Jeff Connell and, Je- and Jeff Fife's contribution to Easts um, and to the BRL for that matter uh, for some comparison. Both played for Queensland and Connell went on to on a tour of, uh, of New Zealand with the Australian team, but he didn't play a test. And their average positive reviews is roughly the same and Fife played a year longer. So... The fact that Fife's average was roughly the same as Connell's and he played a season longer suggests that he has a greater claim to a place in a Hall of Fame. His value to the team was equal and he gave that extra value for an extra year. 
Okay. All right. I'm finished that conversation with myself, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can remove Jeff Connell from conversation now. Okay. So from our conversations so far, we have eliminated a number of players and we put a number already in the Hall of Fame. So now we have Peter Lease, Ian Pearce, Forrester Grayson, Rod Halley and Ian Tiny from Redcliffe, Bob Cock, David Wright, Reg Cannon and Barry Dowling from Brothers, Jeff Richardson, Henry Williamson and Richie Twist from Wests, Jerry Fitzpatrick and Mick Retchless from Valleys, Graham Atherton from Souths, Gary Seaton from Winnemanley and Norths and Glenn Harrison, Steve Calder, Daryl Broman and Peter Hall from Norths and Jeff Fife from East still unaccounted for. So what's the next exercise to narrow it down? Well, I think the next exercise is to compare them. So there's 21 left. Who's got the better uh, average match report ratings? And then make a decision to see if you're comfortable dropping those guys left behind from the list and when you look at the guys who are still there. Yeah, okay. Well, if we look at the guys who aren't measuring up on this list when compared with the others, um, there's Glenn Harrison. He's well down on everyone else's average score. And so too are Peter Lease, Jerry Fitzpatrick, Henry Williamson, Forrester Grayson, Rod Halley, Gary Seaton, Barry Dowling, David Wright and Peter Hall. Do you reckon any of those guys deserve to be on our list more than guys we still have? Um, I'd suggest a lot of them, in particular Peter Hall and David Wright, Barry Dowling, Jerry Fitzpatrick and Peter Lease. No, I don't really disagree with that. Um, mm. Three of those guys are actually in my personal Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's not based on what I think, so we're trying to be objective. I, I think guys like David Wright should be reconsidered. He played a lot of rep footy and usually during rep seasons players had a dip in club form. Mm-hmm. He also had a couple of years with long injuries in his early career, so... He missed out on opportunities to rate well in match reviews. Barry Dowling is another who fits that same criteria. He played a lot of rep footy and had a few injuries in his later career as well. Should either of these guys be on the list ahead of players who are rated at the top um, of the average match reviews? Guys like Jeff Fife, Jeff Richardson, Bob Cock, Ian Pearce and Ian Tiny. I'd suggest Wright's the equal of um, maybe Tiny, Fife and Cock for sure and Dowling probably too. Yeah, but you've got to remember that there are a number of guys who sit in between those two groups too. So what about we take um, Peter Hall, David Wright, Barry Dowling, Jerry Fitzpatrick and Peter Lease, and we put them in the melting pot with the guys at the top end of the average reports. I'd have thought that those guys would be higher up in the pecking order. Maybe so. I'd definitely rate them equal to or maybe ahead of um, Steve Calder and Daryl Roman, for example. But we're using other people's viewpoints to help direct us here. So when you look at the guys on the list to drop out, most will be guys behind those ones who are keeping. So are we comfortable if we drop Glenn Harrison, Henry Williamson, Forrester Grayson, Rod Halley and Gary Seaton? Yeah, I reckon uh, when we look at the averages and the number of guys left, I think we really have to. Okay, so our list then is much shorter with only 16 left. Guys with a number that's greater than nine for their average positive match reviews are Steve Calder, Daryl Broman, Peter Hall, Graham Atherton, Jeff Richardson, Richie Twist, Jeff Fife. Barry Dowling, Bob Cock, Reg Cannon, uh, Jerry Fitzpatrick, who we've added in, Mick Retchless, Ian Pierce, Peter Lee, who we've added in, Ian Tiny, and David Wright as well, who we've added in. So out of these 16 guys, we need to find four more worthy of a Hall of Fame status. So Steve Calder didn't play for Queensland, and while Daryl Broman did, it wasn't during this time in the BRL. Although we said that we wouldn't cull people on the strength of not representing, it suggests that there might have been players rated better than them during their careers. 
there's still 14 guys on the list who did play for Queensland. So can we probably lose Calder and Broman? If Broman hadn't gone to Sydney, he would most likely have had a lot of games for Queensland and been a much closer proposition for this Hall of Fame. But he did. So are you okay with that? Yep. Yeah, I know we said we wouldn't cull due to rep careers, but you're right. It means there were other guys around during their careers, which suggests now might be the right time to drop them from a Hall of Fame conversation. Okay. And this one's going to sound a bit strange coming from me too, but I think we can move Mick Retchless as well. Mm. So like Trolfo, his career was just as long before 68 as it was after 68. So he has plenty of opportunity when we do that decade, mm. especially knowing the heights that he reached during this decade. Yeah, yeah. And one that hurts maybe even more than moving Retchless on is Jerry Fitzpatrick. His career played was all through this decade and he was fantastic. But he has a lower average positive match review and he was never spoken of in the same way that Mick Retchless was spoken of. Mm. So if we're removing guys who didn't get the same treatment as Retchless, then Fitzy's got to go. And if that's the case, then we probably need to remove Peter Lees as well because his average was even less than Fitzpatrick's and that was less than Retchless's. So I don't know how we can hold on to him anymore. Oh, that's got to hurt, Chris. And guys like Fitzpatrick and Lease during this decade were there almost the entire time. And not just there, but regularly playing great footy. Yeah, and both those guys, Rechless and Fitzpatrick, are in my personal Hall of Fame. But mm-hmm. again, it comes back to it's not what we think. And that's probably why I pushed to um, carry them on <laughs> a yeah. little bit just then. Yeah. But it's how we interpret the newspapers. And unfortunately, Lee and Fitzpatrick just aren't in the company of the rest of those guys on paper. Yeah, yep. Trying to be as objective as we can. Um, and if we're dismissing Calder and Broman for lack of state selection, Jeff Fife only played once for Queensland. So does he stand scrutiny over Tiny, Cannon, Cock or Wright as a forward? His average game score was pretty much the same as Bob Cock and Ian Tiny, a touch more than Cock's score and a bit less than Tiny's. Yeah, well, from our research, the sense I have of Jeff Fife is that he was outstanding when Easts were terrible. They finished second last in 74, but he was good then, and he was good in other years as well. Mm. And Bob Cox's career was really bright early during this decade, but it didn't last long. He transferred to Narang on the Gold Coast in 79 and then retired at the age of 24. So I think without extended excellence and representation, maybe Fife and Cock can be taken off this list. What do, you, what do we have left then, Dave? Okay, big red marks through these names, but we've now got down to Peter Hall, Graham Atherton, Jeff Richardson, Richie Twist, Barry Dowling, David Wright, Reg Cannon, Ian Pearce and Ian Tiny. Now that's nine and we need four more players. Are we in danger of going over? Uh, Dave, don't be a premature. <laughs> I've said it'll be 10 and it'll be 10. Okay. So from this list, are we happy to add Peter Hall? He played eight seasons in this decade and played for Queensland five times. Mm-hmm. Graham Atherton, he played for Souths for seven years, won a Rothmans medal in 1970 and played one game for Queensland. Jeff Richardson, he played for West for just three years. But in that time, he took them to two premierships, played for Queensland six times and for Australia twice. Richie Twist, he played for Queensland only once, but he got his start in 1972 on the back of a number of outstanding seasons. But 72 was the year that he was knocked out of the game with severe concussion, Mm. um, which cut short any chances he had of further representation. He did return in the mid-70s and played well for West then as well. Or Barry Dowling, he was a classy 5'8 for centre. He played a few games for Queensland in 68 and 69. David Wright, 
He played one match for Australia in 75 and 11 games for Queensland. He was a brothers club captain in a career that lasted nine years. Reg Cannon played six games for Queensland, played for brothers for only four years, but was included part of that uh, 1967 and 68 premiership winning teams. Ian Tiny played for Queensland in a seven-year career and was the highest average positive match review on our list. Or well, Ian Pearce, a Redcliffe legend, captain and coach, uh, played for Queensland seven times and was a prolific point scorer as well. Yeah, well, that is some list and um, some stats you've rattled off there, Chris. Um, but we've got five forwards in this group, and of those five forwards, I reckon Tiny, Wright and Twist were the pick of them. We dragged Peter Hall from the group of players who had a lower average match report total, and at this stage, it's time for him to lead the conversation, I think. Um, I also think the same could be said of Reg Cannon. He was extremely good for brothers during his four-year career, but David Wright's lengthy career eclipses that, as do the careers of Ian Tiny and Richard, Richie Twist, who both played longer and ranked higher in our statistical platform as well. Okay, well, we have to start making these calls, and I think you're right. David Wright can command a place a little bit higher than Reg Cannon simply on length of career because they were both great while they played. Yeah. And, and when, when we look at those backs... Um, are there any there that stand out? Um, Pierce and Richardson, I reckon. Um, Atherton's and Dowling's average ratings are well below Pierce and Richardson. And while Atherton and Dowling played longer than Richardson, neither were as consistent and neither had the astounding success that followed Richardson's career. Fair enough. I have to find ways to split these guys, and we're trying to base our calls on the newspapers, as we keep saying. So average match reviews is as good a place as any to do that. Um, the only thing that gives me pause is we just dropped Reg Cannon because he didn't play as long as David Wright, and now we're keeping Jeff Richardson, who played a shorter time than Atherton and Dowling. Uh, are we still on the right track then? Do we need to reconsider? <laughs> no, I don't think we do, mm. but I think we do need to make sure that our decisions when we're making them uh, and why we're making them are not just arbitrarily knocking guys out. Yeah. If it's match reports, then make it match reports. If it's length of career, then make it that. Um, if it's something intangible, then we need to acknowledge that too. Right, okay. Well, Pierce and Richardson have a substantially higher average of positive match reviews. Pierce and Richardson also played more games for Queensland than either Graham Atherton or Barry Dowling. And Richardson was only one of these four who played for Australia. Dowling played a few years prior to 68 as well and played in a couple of grand finals and semi-final series. So he's probably of similar quality to these other, other two guys. Yeah, okay, so Atherton has gone from our list and now we're debating Barry Dowling. We have a good picture of who Barry Dowling is over this decade that we've explored and according to the news reports, he isn't in the same class as Ian Pearce or Jeff Richardson, although the reality is that he might have been. But we're going by the newspaper reports and I think that we consider his whole career, like Retchless, and a few of those other guys, he might see some of his career in the light of those earlier years as well. So I think we can leave him behind. So we had nine, uh, and we need four, but now we have five. Okay, well, moving forward, I'm happy to add the two Redcliffe players, Pierce and Tiny. What do you reckon, Chris? Yeah, I particularly agree with Ian Tiny. We've been talking about match reports the whole time, and he's on top of the table. So mm. I think he's a, he's a must, and... Ian Pierce is probably one of those guys that we'd also consider a must. I'm comfortable with him in there. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone we need to drop off? Richardson, very short career. Right, the lowest match reviews of any guys left. Twist, fractured career. Yeah, Richardson had a short career, but he was like a bolt of lightning during those three years. 
Twist's career was also fractured, but doesn't that give him greater credibility because he was able to come back and still play at a top level? He didn't play in those grand final teams of 75 or 76, but he did play plenty of A-grade, and he received positive match reviews along the way. But the one thing that stands out for me about Richie Twist is that if we just take his four years at the beginning of his career and look at the average positive match reviews for those four years, he has a higher average than Jeff Connell had for two years, and that is including the half season that he lost in 72 after his concussion. So I reckon Twist is in my Hall of Fame list. You know what, Dave? I think I'm more than comfortable with that, especially when we look at the early part of his career. It certainly stands out as a Hall of Fame-type career. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we looked at it just as a four-year career instead of the six or seven years that he's got, um, it was short, but boy, oh boy, it certainly um, (laughs) stands out there as being... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of the best. Mm-hmm. And we were also looking at keeping Jeff Connell around because his um, average match reports were so high after two years. Mm-hmm. And Richie Twist can go better than that after four years. So I, I think it's one of those guys that we can probably put in. Mm-hmm. Well, we removed guys with shorter careers because their stats didn't stack up, stack up against guys with longer careers. We've also held on to guys with shorter careers because their stats tell us they were better. And that's why I suggest we put in Jeff Richardson and then we're done. <laughs> well, that leaves out David Wright. Let me look at that because David Wright was originally in my Hall of Fame. But as I said, it's not about what I think. Mm-hmm. So Wright's average isn't as high as Twist's over his entire career and it isn't anywhere near Richardson's either. And if we just look at Twist's early career, Wright's not even in the picture. Um, even if we take Wright's best four years and average only them from 1969 through to 1972, there wasn't a player in the game who went anywhere near rivaling Richie Twist's standard of play, except possibly Des Morris and Ross Trolfo, but both of them were not averaging what Twist was averaging, even over that time period. So for those four years, even with the seven or eight weeks missing at the end of 1972, Richie Twist was averaging over 14, uh, it was more than 14 and a half, in fact. So that's two-thirds of a season where he rates as one of the best players in every game of that season and that's across four different seasons that he was playing and when we consider in 1972 one-third of that season was taken out Mm. that's just that's amazing numbers for Mm. Richie Twist so I think he's definitely a guy that we can go forward with I know that David Wright had a lengthy career near the top of the game and is definitely worth being one of the last guys in the conversation But there are plenty of guys with extended careers who scored higher than David Wright in positive match reviews who are not on this final list. Mm -hmm. So I think that when faced with the news reports of the decade, I think we're on solid ground to add Jeff Richardson and Richie Twist in our Hall of Fame inductees. Okay, well, Chris, I knew it was going to be a long, drawn-out process, but I didn't quite expect that. Yeah, well, (laughs) as I said before, I had a a 10 guys picked out before we started this conversation and it wasn't the same as what we've got now Mm. but after that discussion i'm pretty comfortable with that list Mm -hmm. so 10 players is a small sample size but um it's one i want to try to stick through throughout our series and i think one of the things that's more important than the 10 players we end up with is the discussion that includes all of those other guys Mm -hmm. so we had a conversation today that included 113 players And it's not really that many when we consider we're discussing an entire decade. But hopefully we've paid homage to enough of the players from the BRL from 68 to 77 because that was the aim of the exercise. 
I'm not doing this to have a Hall of Fame. I'm doing it to have conversations about those guys who played to put somewhere on the record just how really good the players in the BRL really were. Yeah, well, hopefully that's what people can see, Chris. And I know not everyone will agree um, with the top 10, but we've got a pretty good list there. Yeah, I think so too. So our inductees for the BRL Moments in Time Hall of Fame from the decade 1968 through to 1977 are John Grant from Souths, East Hooker John Lang, East second row forward, captain and coach, Des Morris, Ian Pearce from Redcliffe, Jeff Richardson from Wests, Valleys 5'8 and captain, Marty Scanlon, Valleys halfback and captain, Ross Strudwick, Ian Tiny from Redcliffe, Richie Twist from Wests, and South prop forward, Greg Vivers. So there you have it. That's the end of season one of BRL Moments in Time. So season two will start up again after a break of, I don't know how many weeks. Uh, we've got to get all of our research completed. Our next season will be a jump back into the very early days of the BRL from 1908 through to 1917. There are plenty of good stories to be told. I've started that research already. Uh, we might even find a few more stories as we continue to dive into that research over the next few weeks. I definitely think it's worth coming back. So make sure that you hit subscribe to uh, get those um, episodes when they come back to air. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your support. We hope that you've enjoyed what you're hearing. Thanks very much to Dave Teekle for your help with this episode and for this season. Uh, it's been good fun to be a part of it, Chris. Thanks very much for inviting me. No worries. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please jump onto your favourite platform that you listen to and give us a five-star rating and a review so others can find us too. Those five-star ratings are the ones that keep us up the top so that other people can find us when they do their own searches. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of those episodes, especially now that we're going into a break. Uh, and if you're subscribed, when we restart, those new episodes will be downloaded automatically for you. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at BRL Moments in Time, you can contact us via our website or via our social media pages. Just search BRL Moments in Time on Facebook and Instagram and get in contact with us there or on our website, which is brl-momentsintime.com. This podcast was developed and produced on the lands of the Yagara, Yugara and Yagarapal people of the Ipswich region. We acknowledge and pay respects to their traditional custodians. Thanks very much for listening, guys. We'll be back as soon as we can. Stand up and cheer for nonsense. I the red for Fighting, the the the